Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. The question for today's podcast is, why bother exercising? Well, let's consider these sample questions I've been asked over the years by my yoga students. What can I do to help my achy knees or my back? How can I improve my posture? How can I improve my balance? How can I be more flexible? How do I strengthen my muscles? Can I prevent osteoporosis? How do I get better sleep? How do I relieve my stress? I can't relax. The answer to all of these questions and more is exercise. Let's talk about the benefits of exercising. We've all heard it said, use it or lose it. We are meant to move so that we can take care of ourselves, live independently and with dignity. Daily life necessitates performing activities of daily living. Those activities include cooking, shopping, doing household chores, grooming, driving, and other. All of those activities require a body that functions well. A body that's able to squat, lift, reach, bend, push, pull, and twist. First of all, healthy weight makes movement easier. Let's talk about what healthy weight means. The most common way to classify your weight is by measuring BMI which is short for Body Mass Index. The formula for BMI takes into account your weight and your height. The number that is generated from that formula is then used to classify you as normal weight if it is between 18.5 and 24.9, overweight if it is between 25 and 29.9, obese if between 30 to 39.9, and extremely obese if over 40. BMI does have pitfalls, however. If we take an athlete who has a lot of muscle mass, which is heavy, he or she may be considered to be overweight. If you take an elderly person who has lost a lot of muscle mass and has Uh, fat mass replacing that muscle, that individual may seem to be normal weight or even underweight. So BMI can't accurately take into account your percent of lean muscle mass and fat mass. So another measure and a pretty good predictor of disease risk is a waist circumference. Waist circumference measures how wide your waist is. It's to see how much fat you carry around the center of your body. It turns out that the more you carry around your waist, the higher risk you have for heart disease and type 2 diabetes. That's because the type of fat around the waist behaves differently in response to hormones than that deposited elsewhere. So when it is greater than 35 inches for women and greater than 40 inches for men, there is more risk. 
Exercising increases metabolism to help keep your weight down. That resting metabolism can be further helped the more muscle you build because strong muscles require more energy to sustain. Having strong muscles also has another benefit in that it helps keep your bones strong as well, decreasing your risk for osteoporosis. There's more to understanding how to function well besides managing your weight. It is also important to understand a concept which is called the kinetic chain. The kinetic chain, simply put, is the fact that muscles and joints work together in a group, not in isolation, with input from your nervous system so that you can move and function properly. In order to do this, to take care of the kinetic chain, it means that you need to have flexible and strong muscles and healthy joints so that they can best work together. An everyday example of how multiple muscles and joints work together is when you're climbing stairs. When you climb stairs, it requires the use of your lower kinetic chain that includes the muscles and the joints of your feet, ankles, knees, and hips. Additionally, some joints are more adapted for mobility. That means the range of motion, ability to move, and some for stability. Examples of joints that are more mobile are your shoulder, your thoracic spine, the thoracic spine is in the upper back, your hip, and your ankle. The joints that are more adapted for stability are the scapulothoracic. That's the joint between your shoulder blade as well as the uh, thoracic rib cage, upper back area. Lumbar spine is also important for stability. That's in your lower back. Your knees are important for stability as well as your feet. Think of this analogy. In order for a door to work properly, it requires the hinges as well as the door frame. The hinges are like the mobility joints so that the door can swing open on the hinges, open and closed. The door frame is like the stability joint. In order for the door to be able to work on its hinges, the door frame must be stable so the door can have the freedom to move. In the body, if one area of mobility cannot do its job, then another joint further down or above the chain may try to take up the slack. Here's an example, something I see in classes sometimes. Students may tend to lose range of motion in the shoulders such that it's hard to lift the arm and reach up into the air. Think of reaching for something high up in your cabinet. So if that range of motion is compromised and you're having a hard time reaching for something, then what may happen is that the back takes over. So I tend to see students leaning back and using the mid to lower back muscles to compensate for that. That in turn is going to put a strain on the back muscles and the lower spine, like the lumbar spine. Imbalances like this can lead to injuries, 
they can lead to osteoarthritis, the most common arthritis in the United States, pain in the joints and muscles, imbalance, and falls. So it's important to pay attention to good posture. Good posture means that in the standing position, you stand such that your shoulders are lined up over your hips, which are lined up over the knees, which are lined up over the ankles. Head position is also important. If you were to take a line and draw it halfway down the ear, that line would line up with the center of your shoulder. The chin is parallel to the floor. The feet are approximately hip width apart or two fist distances and the toes are pointing forward. When good posture is attended, it's easier to breathe. That leads to better lung function and an increase in energy. It prevents muscles from straining to bring you back to good posture. It protects your joints because they are aligned properly and it's easier to balance. Another area of exercise benefits is prevention of chronic diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, strokes. Keeping the heart healthy requires exercise. The blood pressure being low also helps keep the heart from having to work overtime as well. Did you know that heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States more so than cancer? So exercising has also been shown to prevent early death from heart disease, like coronary artery disease. Exercising has also been shown to boost immunity, to protect an individual from contracting infections. This is especially true, as studies have shown, in communities such as the elderly, the obese, and immunocompromised patients who have cancer when they start to partake in regular, moderate-intensity exercise. Still not convinced? There are many other reasons to exercise. First of all, did you know that if you don't get enough sleep, it's hard to curb your appetite? Better sleep, adequate sleep, allows for hormones to help suppress the appetite so that you can rest. Exercise also helps alleviate stress by releasing feel-good hormones, endorphins. These endorphins help to boost your mood, increase your energy, and give you the ability to make healthier choices. Exercise begets exercise because once you start and you start feeling good and you know that you're at your best, you want to go back and exercise again. Believe me, I've noticed this in myself. Whenever I take prolonged periods of rest, say a week off of exercising, I don't feel like myself. Another benefit of exercise is relieving symptoms of depression and anxiety. Again, regulating your mood. Studies have also shown that exercise helps memory, cognition, your ability to think. Studies have also shown that walking helps to stimulate creativity. 
Exercise also encourages a sense of community. When you exercise with others, it motivates you to continue. It holds you accountable. And it's encouraging to be surrounded by like-minded people and to make friends. There are multiple ways in which we need to take care of our bodies when exercising. Those ways are taking care of our heart by doing aerobics, taking care of our muscles through strength training, and taking care of our muscles and joints with flexibility training. The World Health Organization recommends 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise and or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise per week. That translates to roughly 30 minutes a day for five days a week. And it doesn't have to be all at the same time. It's been shown that you can receive the same benefits from the exercise if you break that out into 10-minute increments. The other thing is you have to like what you're doing. So experimenting with ideas for moderate exercise, including walking, gardening, going for a bike ride, or vigorous exercise activities that involve sweating, like jogging, hiking, spin cycling, or going for a vigorous swim are all really important so that you can stick with it. Strength training is recommended two times a week, and that can include doing bodyweight exercises such as squats and lunges and push-ups, or using resistance bands, or using free weights, or using exercise machines. And finally, flexibility training really has no guidelines but includes stretching your muscles regularly and doing yoga. In summary, I'm not saying that exercise is a panacea to all of our problems, but regular and moderate activity sure goes a long way in making you feel better as well as managing and preventing most chronic diseases. And you're just able to function better, to live your life the way you want to live it, to be able to go on those vacations and keep up with everyone to be able to play with your grandchildren, basically to be able to do what you want to do. Here's a quote by an unknown source. If you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Introducing practical tips, a feature at the end of the episode to remind you to take care of your body, mind, and spirit. Body tip. Make sure you are up to date with your health screenings, your weight, BMI, blood pressure, and cholesterol. Mind tip. Learn something new, something you've been curious about. You keep putting it off. Why not start today? Soul tip. Perform a random act of kindness for a stranger. You'll be amazed at how good both of you feel at the end of it. Thank you for joining me. See you next time.